Daniel chapter 1, and uh, that's where I want to die, is on the battlefield, amen, and uh, appreciate uh, the good singing tonight thus far. Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 8, Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 8. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the princes of the eunuch that he might not defile himself. Verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me in danger of my head uh, to the king. Verse 11. Then said Daniel to, then said Daniel to Melzer, who the prince, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove that thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenances of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou, hast, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants." So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of the ten days, their countenances appeared fair and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzer took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said, Uh, He should bring them in. Then the princes of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in in all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word tonight, O God. I pray that you'll help us, Lord. We need you tonight. We need a physical and we need a spiritual touch tonight that only comes from you. I pray, God, the Holy Ghost would help us. Lord, that you'd be pleased with our worship. Lord, help us not to say anything tonight that would grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you'd set a watch before my lips tonight. And, O God, I pray that you would be glorified. Your Son would be magnified and the church would be edified. Lord, may we see no man save Jesus only. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention here in just a moment to a few selective verses in this passage of Scripture, but I want you to see in verse number 8 the request that the Bible mentions here by Daniel. The Bible said that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Now notice this, therefore he requested of the princes of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel, as a teenage boy, makes a decision or makes a request that he would not eat the portion of the king's meat. And so I see this request and then in verse number 10 I see the reluctance of this man by the name of Melzer who uh, is the prince of the eunuchs and he comes to him in verse 10 and he said I fear my lord the king who hath pointed your meat and your drink for why should he see your faces worse likening uh, than the children whom of your sort. And so Melzer comes to him with reluctance and said listen if I 
do what you're asking me to do, and if I grant this request, it's not only going to be your head, but it's going to be mine as well. And so there is a reluctance on his part. But then I see the recommendation, Daniel being the wise young man that he was, he says to Melzer in verse number uh, 12, he says, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, 10 days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink, and then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So uh, Daniel says to Melzer, he said, I tell you what, let's do. He said, just give us 10 days, and, and just put it to the test. Now, uh, Daniel is trusting God, amen, and during these 10 days, he said, let's just see at the end of the 10 days, uh, if we that have ate pulse uh, are healthier and more fitter and more fatter than those that have ate the portion of the king's meat. And so uh, there's this recommendation. And then I want you to notice again in verse number 15, there's the results. As the Bible says, at the end of the 10 days, their countenance appeared fair and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat, notice this, the portion of the king's meat. And then Melzer took away the portion of their meat. You know, I was reading my Bible the other day and when we come to this text here, there was a little phrase that just kept jumping out. In fact, it's found six times in chapter number one and it's that phrase, the portion of the king's meat. Amen. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on don't eat the king's meat. Amen. Don't eat the king's meat. You see, when you think about this tonight, here Daniel lives. He's in captivity. He's living in the, in the city of Babylon and Daniel is away from his homeland. He's away from his temple worship. He's away from all of those people uh, that he was raised up around. Though they were taken in captivity, they had been dispersed in, in several different places. And Daniel finds himself uh, uh, down at the king's palace. Now, Daniel is a teenager. And you young people, listen to me tonight. As well as your parents may shelter you, and they should. As well as they'll guard you and take care of you, then they should. There are going to be times and there's going to be places uh, that even good godly young men and women are going to find themselves uh, uh, in a place to make a decision where mom and dad is nowheres around. And I see Daniel is a teenager and Daniel is tested. Uh, I mean the king lays out this portion of meat before him and Daniel sees it. Now you know as well as I do that every teenage boy can eat their body weight in food. Somebody say man. And most teenage boys when they go to the table they're not looking for salad. Somebody say man. Uh, they're looking for something a whole lot more filling uh, uh, than just a little bit of grass. Amen. And so when you think about this, uh, Daniel is your typical teenage young man. He's got an appetite like a lion. Amen. And here he is in Babylon and he sees meat like he has never seen before. I mean this meat has been prepared to its finest uh, and it's no doubt the best uh, uh, that money could ever buy. And it's given to Daniel and it is a test to see if he'll partake of it. Amen. Now can I tell you something tonight? Not just teenagers but everybody in this room. You mark it down. The devil has got meat for every one of us. 
He has got something juicy and something tasty and something appetizing to every one of our flesh tonight. And it doesn't matter how young or how old. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor or if you're a church member tonight. It doesn't matter if you're male or female or how many years you've been serving God. I want to tell you something. The devil knows how to prepare a table, my friend, that will be appetizing to every one of our flesh tonight. Now, I would be lying, and it would be an insult to your intelligence for me to try to convince you tonight that my flesh does not crave worldly and wicked things. And anybody tonight that would try to ever say that, they're fooling themselves, amen? Because flesh is flesh, and it doesn't matter who and what it's wrapped up in or how long it's been wrapped. If anything, the flesh doesn't get better. It gets more deceptive, and it gets more wickeder as we grow older. Amen? And so when you think about this, uh, uh, Daniel is a teenager. Daniel is tested. But what I want you to see tonight in this text uh, is that Daniel is triumphant. Amen? I want to just go on record tonight and raise my hand and say, Thank God. I am glad that Daniel did not eat the portion of the king's meat. Amen. And young person, I want to say to you tonight, don't eat the king's meat. And I want to say to every mom and dad in this room, don't you eat the king's meat. And I would say to every preacher tonight and to their wife, don't eat the king's meat. I'm telling you, listen, the king uh, listen, the king of this world, he'll spread a table and it may be, listen, appetizing to the flesh, uh, but the only way you can do that is you've got to go against God and his word to do that tonight. I want to give you three reasons why you ought not eat the king's meat. Three reasons why Daniel did not eat the portion of the king's meat. I want to say number one, he didn't eat it tonight because it's not worth the truth. Amen. You notice what he said in verse number eight. He said here, he said, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. And nor the wine that he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuch that he might not notice this, defile himself. Do you know what was most important to Daniel? It wasn't what, whether, it wasn't what Daniel was eating that was important to Daniel. What was most important to Daniel was that he didn't do nothing in Babylon that he wouldn't have done in Jerusalem. Amen? In other words, Daniel wanted to live outside in this world the same way he would have lived in the church house. Amen? Can I tell you tonight, we ought not change our lifestyle when we leave church. Amen? We ought not put on a mask of religion and a cloak of righteousness when we go to the house house of God and then take it off on Sunday night and live our life in another way throughout the week. Amen. There ought to be some consistency and there ought to be some character and when people look at us, they ought to see some reality and we ought to live the same on Monday like we do on Sunday. Can I get a witness right there? And what I see here is that Daniel said, wait a minute, if I eat this portion of the king's meat, I've got to go against the truth of what my parents have taught me and the truth of what those priests have taught me and the truth most importantly of what God has written down in his word. Amen. You know not if you eat off the flesh and the meat of this world you've got to go against your parents if you have godly parents. You have to go against the pastor that has preached the truth to you. And you have to go against most importantly the word of God that has been given to you. 
Do you realize that's why when people leave church or when they start, they start getting away from God, it's just, it just comes with the territory that when people start backsliding, the two people they get mad, or the two categories that they get mad at the most is they always get mad at the pastor and they always get mad at that church they went to. Amen? Now, ain't it amazing how they'll stand up and talk about the preacher and boy, what a blessing he is and how much he's helped them spiritually along life's way and how wonderful the church is and they'll make statements like this, I'd never leave that church I'm telling you I, I love this church how everything I got to God in this church I, but you let them start backsliding amen you let them start sitting down at the king of this world's table and they start partaking of some of that meat and they get defiled all of a sudden they stop believing the things they used to believe and the pastor and the church they once loved they no longer want anything to, to do with them and to really make something amazing and when they get out there in this world and they start feasting on this world guess whose fault it is uh, that they're in the shape that they're in. Amen. It's always that old-fashioned church. Amen. Now, don't you swallow that that line of of, of lies. Somebody say amen. Amen. Next time you see somebody get out of church and you bump into them or you hear tell of them saying, well, I'm gonna tell you something. I just, them people down there, I just all of a sudden didn't start feeling like I was welcomed or uh, nobody called me or, or nobody uh, reached out to me. Hey, friend, we didn't leave you. You left us. Somebody say amen. And more importantly, you left God. And I believe you ought to go after people when they get out of church. But they never tell that, amen. They just wanna act like everybody left them and everybody's abandoned them. Hey friend, listen, the problem is uh, they pulled up at the king of this world's table and we're just not going to sit there and we're not going to partake of that portion. If they want to eat the king's meat, they can go ahead. Uh, But I found something far better. I found something that tastes far better. Uh, I'd rather pull up at the king uh, of this world and the king of this universe uh, at his table as the God of this world. Amen. You see, in order for Daniel to eat this meat, to defile himself had to be in one of the two categories. Either it had to be something like swine that the Bible forbid. You know, meat within itself is not wrong. But if it was something that God told them not to eat, such as swine, then Daniel would have been going against the word of God to eat that. Another reason how he could have defiled himself, maybe this wasn't swine, maybe it wasn't some particular meat that God had forbidden, but maybe it was meat that had been offered to idols in worship. Maybe it was meat that had been put on an altar and sacrificed to a false god. Friend, it wouldn't matter if it was ribeye, it wouldn't matter if it was porterhouse steak. Uh, uh, listen, if it had been offered to a false god or a false idol, my friend, they were not to partake of it and they was not to eat of it regardless of which one and perhaps it could have been both uh, uh, Daniel knew enough about his Bible to know that if I do that I've got to go against truth amen and Daniel said I don't care how good it tastes uh, I don't care how good it smells uh, I don't care what the king of this world has said it's not worth me partaking of Uh, hey friend can I tell you tonight anytime we start to go against God's word we're going to get ourselves in trouble amen The devil really makes things look good. And he'll put things on the table that you'll think within yourself, I can never obtain that serving God. He'll make you offers that will seem just like you can't get away from. And he'll even make avenues and ways for you to justify 
what you're going to do. See, just because you can reason it out, we can reason out in our mind and convince ourselves that it is okay. It doesn't matter if we convince ourselves something's okay when God says it's not. I'll give you an example. Do you know what Daniel could have done? He could have pulled up at that table and told Meshach and Shadrach and Abednego, he could have said, now listen, fellas, you know we wouldn't be doing this if we was back in Jerusalem. But we can't help the situation we're in. I mean, we didn't have to be taken captive. It ain't our fault. We're just victims of circumstances. And so uh, I really don't want to eat this meat. And under normal circumstances, uh, there's no way in Jerusalem I would eat this. But, you know, the king, uh, I mean, we have been given a commandment. And so really our hands are tied. And and so we don't have no alternative. And, And God understands that circumstances has changed and that we're not living in the days of Jerusalem anymore. Uh, We're living in Babylonian times now and so times have changed uh, and things are not like they used to be and so uh, therefore uh, uh, we just kind of got to change with the time doesn't that sound familiar amen Uh, it would have been very convincing and he could have even uh, uh, you know used some scripture there and and kindly twisted it to make it okay but the fact of the matter is uh, what God had said God had said and what God meant God meant Uh, and God didn't care where they was living and God didn't care who was on the throne. He didn't care the circumstances. Hey, he's bigger than the circumstances. And if you want to stick by truth, and if you'll stay with truth, truth will always prevail, and truth will make a way. Hallelujah. Daniel looked at that meat and said, boy, it looks good. Boy, it smells good. And it even sounds good. But it ain't what God said. So I'll just let it pass. Can I tell you tonight, people have shipwrecked their life because they've left truth. And it scares me to death tonight because I realize that if they can deceive themselves, then I have the same capability of deceiving myself. I sent across the table from someone one day that was a dear friend that began to take scriptures that me and him both had quoted and preached and knew very, very well. And as he began to quote those scriptures to me, the problem was he was quoting them. He was using the same scriptures in the same Bible that I used. The only problem was he was taking them out of their context and using them. And then I sat there and I thought, boy, I mean, it was very almost convincing. And as I was listening to what he said, something on the inside said, now wait a minute, you know better than that. That ain't what you've been preached down through the years. That ain't what that book says. You stick with a book. Hey, we can't follow the personality of people. I'm glad this church loves me and I love this church. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. If I err from the truth, you stay with it. Amen. Isn't that right tonight? And if you err from the truth, by the grace of God, I want to stay with it. Brother, I wish everybody would go this way. Don't you tonight? I wish everybody would be old-fashioned. Amen. Amen. When I was growing up, the word old-fashioned was a good word. When I was growing up, every preacher would get up and say, boy, it's good to be in an old-fashioned church. You know what my generation of preachers will do? They kind of scare you around that word now because there's a bunch of millennials that's come along and say, well, what's old time? What's old time? And what's that word old-fashioned? Well, I'm going to tell you what that word old-fashioned is. It's what I grew up on, amen? It's what I grew up here in old-time preachers that had the power of God. And I'm not ashamed of old-fashioned. And I'm not ashamed of old time, Amen? 
It don't make me nervous when people start using that word. Amen. In fact, the word old time is all in this book. And if you'll read this Bible, you'll see that God is an old time and on time God all the time. Amen. Thank God for truth tonight. Don't eat the king's meat because it's not worth the truth. Secondly, I want to say tonight, don't eat the king's meat because it's not worth your testimony. You know what happens here? Melzer comes to him, or when he comes to Melzer, Melzer says, listen, I really don't think this is a good idea. I think that in the end it's going to cost me my life and yours. What do you think the king is going to think when I tell him you don't want to eat his meat? Now, how offensive would that be to him? And so Daniel says, well, i tell you what. He said, just give us 10 days. And he said, after 10 days, he said, we'll find out who's in better uh, condition. And said, if, uh, if your uh, people's in better condition than what we are, then we'll just eat the king's meat if that's what you want us to do. He said, all right, we'll do it for 10 days. And when the 10 days come, verse 15 said, they was in far better shape eating the pulse uh, than what those that had partaken of the king's meat. But look what Melzer does in verse number 16. Then Melzer took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. Amen. You know what he did? He looked at that outfit and said, you know what? Your God's done a whole lot more than what this God has done. You boys are in a lot better shape than what they're in. Hey, can I tell you something tonight? Living for God will always put you in better shape than living for the devil. Amen. I'd rather be eating the pulse of this world and God be doing the one doing the feeding as to eat the portion of the king's meat because they're testimony come out better and Melzer said you know what because you didn't join us we'll join you amen and can I tell you something tonight if you won't join this world that's how you win this world amen you don't win this world by pulling up at the table with them and saying hand me a fork and hand me a knife and slice me off a piece of that meat can I stop and say this it's so tiresome And I'm sure you're going to feel the same way. It is so tiresome to watch people who say they are Christians become what the world is and act like they're trying to win them. I want to tell you something tonight. Young people, adults, all of us included tonight, testimony means something. And I'm tired of this line that gets fed that, well, you know, uh, uh, there's liberty in Christ. Yes, there is. And when Paul said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage again, every time the Bible talks about liberty in Christ, it's not talking about lasciviousness and it's not talking about living worldly. What it means is, is before I got saved, I was shackled and was a slave to sin. But now that I'm in Jesus Christ, uh, the shackles have been taken off and I can look sin square in the face and say, I'm not a slave to you no more. I don't have to drink your booze. I don't have to smoke your dope. There's somebody living on the inside of me, my friend, that has set me free. And that's liberty that the world doesn't know anything about. That doesn't mean I can live as I please and do as I will. Amen. You see, tonight, if you talk like them, if you act like them, if you listen to their dirty jokes, if you tell their dirty jokes, you're never going to win them. They don't want what you have because you don't have anything any different than they are. But when you look at them, and I, I mentioned this somewhere the other day, but a young man had told me a story about some other young men that was trying to entice him to do something that was not right. And all of these men were supposed, or these young men were supposed to be Christians. In fact, two of them was preachers. 
And as they were trying to entice him to do something that was, was not morally right, he looked at them. He said, I'm not going to do that. And they said, well, why not? You know, it's, it's, it's one day before you get married. Why not? He said, because. He said, I'm a Christian and y'all are supposed to be. I say, thank God for a young man with some conviction. Amen. We need more young ladies that'll stand up and say, you know what, I don't care. I'm not trying to dress like Hollywood. I'm not trying to follow the fashions of this world. We need some more young men that'll say, you know what, I don't want to act like the thugs of this world. I don't want to talk like the superstars. I don't want to act like they, them. I want to be different, thank God. Hey, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be an Esther. Dare to be a Ruth. Stand up and look this world right square in their God-given eyeballs and say, you know what, by the grace of God, I'm not going that way. I have found a way, a good way. It is God's way. It is a blessed way. It's not worth your testimony to give it up, thank God. Be pure all the days of your life, amen. Stay in an old-fashioned church. Stay with God in old-time religion. Amen, stay with the King James Bible. Amen. You don't need an NIV or an RSV or an HIV or any of them other IVs. Amen. I'm going to tell you what you need. You need that good old 1611 King James Bible. I had a man come up to me one day. He said, you know, that's not really a 1611. It's something else. I said, oh, leave me alone. Amen. That's what I told him. I wasn't wasting my time. He can call me ignorant. He can call me narrow-minded if he wants to, but I ain't got time for that crowd that wants to stand around and talk about the inspiration and the preservation of the Scripture. I've done been in it too long to know uh, that what I hold in my hand, uh, it'll do when I'm dying, friend. Uh, it'll carry you through the storms of life. Uh, it's the Bible God uses. Uh, it's brought revival. It's rescued the perishing. It's picked up the downtrodden. Uh, it's pulled them out of the dung hills of this world. Uh, it's pulled me out of the rough times uh, in the valleys of life uh, when I thought I could not stand. Uh, it's been that old book uh, that's carried me uh, when I couldn't carry myself. Uh, Woo! Thank God. It will work, hallelujah. Woo! You're too late to tell me God is dead, amen. You're too late to tell me that book ain't real. I've planted my life back. I've raised my family on it. I listen to every hope I have. It's in that book, and it's alive, and it's real. Praise God, amen. Woo! I don't need another book, thank God. This one talks to me just fine, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you know, we are of the night when you don't know what to do. You can open God's love letters and you can read this book and it'll pick you up and it'll help you. Amen. Woo. Why would you want to drive a Pinto when you got a Cadillac sitting in the driveway? Is that right, friend? Hallelujah. I love the Bible, don't you? God's wonderful. Book divine. Yes, sir. The old Bible, the precious old Bible. Light on my pathway to shine. It makes me so happy. It keeps me so happy. It's God's wonderful book divine. Don't you love the Bible tonight? I love it, amen, from Genesis to Revelation. I love the scriptures, Old Testament and New. Thank God there's nothing like sitting there and opening your Bible and reading the word of God. A truth will help you. And my friend, the Bible said to buy the truth and sell it not tonight. Don't sell your testimony out. Don't you give up your convictions, amen. 
Don't you drop your standards. Somebody say amen, don't die on me. I'm telling you, don't you drop your standards. Don't you back up, amen. You stay with God in old time religion. You keep them standards and convictions uh, the way you was raised. Uh, hey, it, was pop- it wasn't popular preaching back then and it's not popular preaching back right now, I promise you. Uh, uh, but God blesses holiness uh, and we ought to be a separated people. Don't you dress worldly. Don't you act worldly. Don't go to worldly places. Uh, have some convictions. Uh, keep your testimony. Let the world look at you and know there's something different about you. You know, young people, listen to me. Don't fall into this pit of running to your parents or your preacher. Now, you can come. I don't mind answering one question about Bible standards and convictions. But don't fall in this pit of running to your parents and your preacher questioning everything about how you've been raised. Amen. I don't mind a young person wanting a real answer. But I tell you, you're going to get around some of this liberal, loose crowd and they're going to make fun of the things like, well, why all these boys got ties on on Sunday night? Well, they got a suit on. You know, you don't have to wear a suit to come to church. No, but you ought to. And can I get an amen over here? Why do these girls got all these long dresses on and coming to church and and, and why, not, why they got their hair long? I mean, what's all that about? Right. Amen. You know, you don't got to do that to come to church. You, 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 can, you can still be full of God and be spirit-filled, and, and they'll tell you stuff like that. It's not worth the testimony. I'm sad to say this, but it's true. I'm sitting with some preachers one day, and they were talking about some things, and if I could have left the table, I would have. I didn't say anything. I just let them do the talking on this. But they were talking about things that I'm going to be honest with you, I believe in tonight. I believe they're right. And I believe the people who preached them to me were right. And they sat there and they started talking about things. You know what I say to myself? I don't care what they do. By the grace of God, I know which way I'm going. Amen tonight? By the grace of God, I just want to die on that battlefield. I don't want to change tonight. I fear that. I don't want to change. And I realize I could, but I don't want to tonight. You raise your kids the same way your godly mom and dad raised you. That means wear them out when they do wrong. Somebody say amen. Whip them. Amen. You know, I love them grandbabies, but I believe in whipping them. Can I get a witness? Because you love them better when they get whipped. That little one got whipped the other day and he looked at me and I just turned my head. Come on now. I'm not going to undo everything I taught mine. That's right. I'm not folding that. In my heart, I want to go over and just pick him up and say, Papa loves you and it's all going to be okay. And I ain't doing it for him. Nobody likes a Brad, isn't that right? Whip them. Train them. Pray with them. I know y'all like me preaching on this whipping, don't you? Whip them, whip them, whip them, whip them, whip them. And whip them again. It helps them, don't it? Don't you get soft. Amen. You'll know how to raise your kids if you had godly parents. You, you raise them the way your parents raised you. 
Amen. Belts, hickories, and Bibles. Come on. That's right. And if you was in my family, water hose, flip-flop, and a wiffle ball bat. That's how we got raised. I'm going to tell you, if there's a hammer laying around, we live right. Do you know what's wrong with this generation? Sell their testimony for anything. Drop their convictions like it meant nothing. Drop their standards and, well, you know, everybody's doing it, but it doesn't matter tonight. And churches will let just about anything go on anymore. I'm talking about being a Pharisee. But I'm telling you, there's something wrong when you want to start changing the lightings in a church. Is that right? Brother, I'm telling you, we changed the light in this church, but I'm talking about purple lights and blue lights and all that kind of mess. Amen. I'm telling you something wrong when you want to tear the platform down and get rid of the choir and you got people that want to sing in the choir and and the preacher wants to preach in a turtleneck or he wants to preach in a polo, amen. I mean, there's something wrong with that. Is that right, church? And I'm telling you, listen, I know, I know, listen, you got to be careful on voting a man out, but I'm going to tell you, I believe that's grounds to get rid of one. Amen. Uh, when they want to start taking away what's been there, uh, the testimony of a church, uh, it ought to still have a, have a it, listen, it ought to still have a good testimony in this world. Uh, it ought to still be a light in a dark place. Uh, it ought to still be a city on a hill. Uh, the world ought to be looking, look, be able to look at us, uh, and they may not like everything we are, but they ought to know that we're the salt of the earth, uh, that we're the light of this world. They ought to know that we're standing for something. Amen. They ought to know that there's a reality of the presence of God in the church house. Amen. That's what we need. Don't eat that meat. Don't you eat that meat with that little bit of contemporary music. Amen. Don't flirt with that stuff. When that stuff started growing, I really didn't realize how deadly that stuff was, but I started really seeing what it was doing. I said, oh, man, hey, Brother David, uh, listen, if there's a contemporary song sung in that choir, there's only one way to be sung. It's because me and him don't know anything about them. Isn't that right? It's sad you got to check where everything comes from nowadays. And I'm sure you can take stuff and make it just right as far as the sound of it. But I don't want nothing to do with that movement, brother. I don't want to be identified with them. Let's stay as far away from that outfit as we can. Amen. Because if we flirt with it, guess what? They may embrace it. Am I telling you the truth tonight? It's not worth our testimony. We've got to keep it. Don't eat that meat. Amen. I'm telling you, the devil will, listen, he'll spoon feed you one little piece at a time until all you got to take is a little bit of it, friend. But don't eat the meat. It's not worth your testimony. It's not worth the truth. And then I close with this. It's not worth the trade tonight. You know what happened when the king comes in? The Bible says, notice this tonight, and I'm just about through. The Bible says in verse number 17, and as for these four children, notice this, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding and all visions and dreams. And notice what the king says in verse number 20. God had blessed them in all matters of wisdom and understanding and the king inquired of them and he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers. I'll tell you something. You young people want to be ten times better than the people of this world. You live for God. 
They weren't better because they were better. They were better because they were blessed. And they were blessed because they took a stand. And I'm reminded every time I walk in this church what makes this place so special. We hear it told all the time, and boy, I thank God for it. But you know what makes this place so special? It ain't me. It's not you tonight. We've been blessed. And can I tell you, the king's meat, it ain't worth the trade tonight. Brother Caleb, I'd rather come to church on a Sunday night with this crowd and feel what I feel and have what we have. (laughs) I'm telling you, you don't ever know what God's going to put on the table, do you? You come in here on a Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, you don't know what God's going to put on the table. And I'm not trading the king's meat for the heavenly manna that falls in here. Amen. I'm telling you, I like to come in here like we do sometimes. And sometimes it's in Sunday school. Sometimes it's in the choir singing. Sometimes it's in the preaching. Sometimes it's just in prayer meeting. Amen. But when that manna starts falling, amen, you don't really know what to call it. Amen. It's just manna. There's no words to describe it. But I'm telling you what I feel in my soul and what I get in my spirit when the presence of God begins to drop them handfuls of purpose implauded efforts of grace when he drops them down on us in this place. I'd rather have that as be sitting at the king's table any day of the week, friend. Don't you eat the meat. It's not worth the trade tonight. Hallelujah. I'd rather live for Jesus. Has to enjoy the pleasures of sin. Brother Danny sings that old song, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches Untold. I like that old song. It talks about sitting in a palace and on a throne. But to be swayed by this old world. It's not worth the trade tonight, young people. All the booze, all the drugs, all the good time, all the perverted life, the scars, the regrets, the broken pieces, the shattered lives, the misery, the guilt, and possibly even your own life is not the worth the trade safest place and the best days of your life is sitting right here in church. Amen. Sitting here, hearing some preaching and singing, sitting here worshiping God. I'm going to tell you, there's going to come a time in your life if you stay with this crowd, you're going to look back on these days that seem so ordinary. Hayden, you're going to look back and say, you know what? Some of the best days of my life. You're going to look back and say, boy, I'll tell you what. I wish I could go do that all over again. No pressure, no responsibility, no real burdens in life. Sitting in church and and just enjoying the presence of God. We all know what that's like. Amen. Young, amen. Got your youth. Uh, You don't have the scars and you don't have the mistakes and the choices. Uh, You can pillow your head at night. Amen. Uh, You better listen to your mom and your dad. Listen to your preacher and listen to your Sunday school teacher. Uh, Don't you get your eye on this world. Uh, And listen, that crowd comes a calling uh, and says, come go this way. Uh, You look at them and say, I ain't going that way. Uh, Aren't you glad that you went this way? way brother a long time ago in the springtime of 57 amen uh, 58 thank God uh, you found the way hallelujah and served God through his youth uh, and you're how old right now amen he's 60 years old 66 we'll get it right 66 years old you got any regrets no sir 
Amen. No, sir. None you ready seven. to go tonight? That's right. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. God give you a good wife and good yeah. children and good grandchildren. Right. He's blessed you all yes, these years. Let you be in the house of God in 2017. You're still afloat. You're still alive. Amen. You're still serving Jesus. You could have been a casualty. Could have been a shipwreck. You could have been gone a long time ago. Oh, but it's worth living. Hallelujah. It's a life worth living. Praise God. I've given the best years of my life. I'm telling you, if I had it to do all over again, I'd do it all over again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that right? Wouldn't you do it all over again? I hit these boys because these girls laugh every time I do that. I wouldn't trade living for God for nothing tonight. He's got its heartaches. It's got its hard times. But I'm going to tell you something. It's still worth it. I got regrets tonight. These regrets. I wish I'd have given more of me. I wish I'd live more dedicated. I wish I'd pray more. I wish I knew that book better. I wish I was a better witness. I've let too many slip through my fingertips. I got them regrets tonight. Things I've said I wish I'd have never said. But I'm going to tell you something. I can come home and look my wife in the face tonight. I don't have to have any remorse about it. Lay my head down tonight. Get up tomorrow. And not be ashamed of what I did today. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. But those are scars that runs deep, friend. You better think about it. Don't eat that meat tonight. It might be a husband. might be a wife. might be an adult here tonight. You better stay away. Hey, you better stay away from that hussy at work. Somebody say amen. 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 Y'all agree with that? Some woman start getting after you. I tell you what you better do. You better run from her like she's got the plague. Amen. He's a huzzy for every preacher and he's one for every church member, every man. Better stay away from her. And you ladies, you better watch that man that wants to come around and compliment you all the time. Amen. That man that wants to brush brush up against you. Amen. I tell you, you better watch it. Amen. If he wants to give you a gift, I tell you what you ought to do. You ought to ball your fist up and triple dog dare him. Amen. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. That's good, still good preaching, ain't it? Hallelujah. You better watch that man. Amen. That'll say them smooth, nice words. Amen. He don't love you. I say that because I tell you, we're living in time, friend, when the best of the best are falling prey to it. That's the king's meat tonight. And what he'll make look so good will defile you. It ain't worth it tonight, friend. You ever ate something? I got a bad habit of whenever I stop at a truck stop, I'll go in that little go in that little gas station and my wife she'll say, Now don't go in there and eat don't go in there and eat that stuff. But I like to go in there and eat that stuff sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's sitting under them lamps and rolling around. And 
You know it ain't no good. And it sure ain't good for you. But man, the best hot dogs I've ever ate has been in a truck stop. Amen. They've been under them lamps for 16 hours. That's right. I don't know what it is about them. They just taste good, don't they? So I've ate stuff there and I'd say, Lord, Lord, please help me listen to my wife. God, I ain't never going to eat that again. Oh, Lord, I won't never eat that pizza. I saw pizza the other day and uh, in a truck stop that was that thick. Sitting under a lamp. No, it wasn't good. I ate that. Brother Thomas, I ate that whole piece. And as soon as I got through, I said, oh, man, this ain't good. This, don't, this ain't good. I ate two packs of Rolaids. I'm telling you. It's deceptive. It's so deceptive. They got it out there on display, and I'm like, you know, and I've and I've ate I've ate them enough to know. But when I see it, I just look at it. I'm like, you know, maybe not this time. Maybe, maybe not that piece pizza. I'll go over here and I I'll get it. And the whole time, I don't know if it's you know I'm skirmaging through the store, kind of getting away from her. So I, when I pay for it, it's too late. <laughs> I didn't bought it. Got to eat it. And every time. Man, it wasn't worth it. Can I tell you something? That's the way the king's meat is. He'll make it look so good. He'll dress it up, but I'm going to tell you something. It'll leave a bad taste in your mouth. You'll say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Don't you eat his meat tonight while we stand as they get us a song ready. You need to come use the altar tonight. Would you do that? Maybe you'd like to get on this altar tonight and say, God, help me. Help me to stay in the way. Young people, sell out to God. Let God use your life. Mom and dad, sell out to God tonight. (coughs) Whatever that is, we all have our temptations. Can I tell you, we all have them tonight. It ain't worth it. It may not be deep, dark, gross sin. I'm not saying that. But it may be something. It just draws you away from what you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to be at. Don't don't partake of that. It may be a weight tonight, but it's right there. It's not worth the trade. Brother David's going to sing. You'll obey God tonight while we sing.